today on Growth Mindset University. It's just not my thing because I'm not even cool on Instagram. Oh, you're pretty cool. I follow you. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm cool to a small number of people. I'll put it that. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. My guest today is Ryan Sprantz. Ryan is the founder and chief strategist of Kaihatsu Media. Did I say it right, Ryan? You did. You did. Good job. Okay, good. It's a digital media agency focused on developing brand awareness and sales growth through social media and optimizing digital marketing spend. He's also the co-founder and managing partner of Allstruck, a digital agency focused on the travel and entertainment vertical. After being fired from his corporate job in May of 2018, he built a media company from $1,000 in monthly sales to over $70,000 in monthly sales now in 2019. Ryan Sprance, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I just realized this is coming out in 2020. So, uh, <laughs> happy just, new year. Just, so, hopefully by 2020, you'll be, uh, I mean, maybe you've hit $100,000 in a month before, but I, I, I would wager to bet you'll be there some point in 2020, right? We, uh, we can definitely give you some updates on, on where we're headed for 2020 because we've got, we've got some things in the books already. Tell me. So, uh, we are already locked in with clients to do, uh, 1.2 million in sales in 2020. That's, uh, total. Yeah. Yeah. That's without any sort of growth, uh, trajectory. I mean, we've, we've had a really crazy 60 days here, um, trying to square up some things with, uh, with some new opportunities and yeah. things have been going well. A lot of new clients. Yeah. Yeah. Th this week alone, we, uh, we signed four new clients that all start, uh, on January 1. So what is what is your customer acquisition process look like? How because it wasn't that long ago, it was maybe a little bit over a year ago that you really didn't have much going on. You really didn't have many clients, maybe like one or two. Like I don't, you know, whatever a thousand gets you to a thousand in, in monthly in monthly sales. So so how how does an agency owner acquire clients or how do you do it? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to tell you that I have this phenomenal process in place to acquire customers. Um, however, I don't. I, I actually have zero outreach strategy. Um, I mean, our strategy has really been to do good work, and that has afforded us the opportunity to get in front of new people. Um, and as we get in front of new people, you know, that person knows four other people in the same industry uh, that's looking for someone. And so, uh, so we've been really fortunate in that sense. Um, not to say that having a, a strategy isn't the plan going forward. Uh, it just hasn't been to date. So lots of referrals? Yeah, I mean, lots of referrals. And I, I mean, I could give you a, a little bit of the transition, right? So you know, I was at a thousand dollars a month, and you're right. That was one client. It was one client paying us to do, you know, Instagram, organic Instagram, um, and then I got an opportunity to walk into um, a resort, and it was a much larger opportunity. And uh, once we got that and started to execute there, m things really started to open up in that space, uh, particularly. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't mean to quickly change the topic, but I because I really want to get back to uh, to this to building and growing and scaling an agency. But you know, what what a quick real real quick couple of things like what do you do for organic Instagram growth? Like what are the top things? Because there's so many companies out there that that you know that that advertise to be like you know. Instagram growth, Instagram followers, 100% real followers, and they're not, you know, they're not real followers. Yeah, I'll tell you that back when we first started doing this, that was really how we went out. It was organic Instagram, um, because I was able to do it myself and spent 15 hours a day really understanding Mm. the algorithm and changing posts and, you know, testing things and, you know, creating and and managing engagement groups and and everything like that. Um, But I'll tell you, since then, we have stopped to really discuss and offer like organic Instagram growth just because it's been so hard uh, since the changes. Mm. So there's other things that we do, you know, in connection with it. I'd say, you know, you you obviously have to do the basics, you know, you got to do the hashtagging, you've got to have consistent content. You know, everybody says, oh, we'll have good content and people will find you. That That's not always the case, but there's other tricks, you know, like some viral contesting is really one way uh, to drive a, a lot of activity and a lot of engagement. But but yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, we don't discuss that anymore. If you, if you go to my website or, you know, talk to us, you know, I make no claims uh, about, mm. uh, about organic Instagram growth anymore. I, I don't like being put in a situation to, to um, take people's money and guarantee a service of which I have no control over. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I know people whose, uh, whose entire businesses were Instagram growth. Like that was it. And now it's, and, and it's in ruin now over the past few months because of the changes. I don't even know what the changes are, but cause I didn't notice any changes. Not that I have, you know, not that I offered that as a service. I, it's just not my right. thing. Cause I'm not even cool on Instagram. <laughs> hey, you're pretty cool. I follow you. <laughs> oh, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm cool to a small number of people <laughs> on Instagram. I'll put it that, but, uh, so let's see, I want to get back to, you know, agency, you know, so, when is it that in in 2018 that you had a thousand dollars a month coming in? Is it like early 2018? Yeah, so uh, right around March, I was at sitting at the one thousand dollar number, and and as I said, I I got walked into uh, a particular uh, opportunity, and that was about four thousand, five thousand dollars a month, and, and mm. one, one client. One client. And I said, you know, if, okay. if if I close this deal, um, I'm gonna change my life pretty dramatically. I'm going to quit a corporate job, this corporate job that I have, and I'm going to... After you got fired, you got another one? No. So, so I was, I was, uh, in my corporate job until May 1st, 2018. But a couple months prior to that, I had gotten this opportunity and the deal closed mid April. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give myself 60 days or 40, whatever the number was. I think it was like 45 Mm -hmm. days and I'm going to, then I'm going to quit. And, and every day, I would get to my office in my uh, absolutely boring, incredibly dull job, and I would take out a post-it note, and I would write down the number of actual work days that I had to come into this establishment, and I would put it up on my board, um, and I would do that every single day, and I, and I was down to, I think the number was five, and then I was going to quit um, and then just jump out and, and out of a parachute and kind of do this thing. Um, 
And I got called in and was told that uh, my services were no longer needed. And it was the craziest thing because you you would think most people would be like devastated. And it was a 72 degree, beautiful day, best day of the year. And I was like, really? That, that's so exciting. Like, you know, thank you so much. You know, I, I couldn't wait to, to get the <laughs> hell out of there. And I walked out and uh, walked straight down to a co-working space Um uh, jumped into uh, a conference call with that client and, and never looked back. That's crazy. You know what is too? I just remember you don't have a college degree. You had a corporate job. What what position were you? So I had uh, I was a sales manager for uh, I can't even say what company, but I was a sales manager for a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Do, uh, do you like regret at all not getting a college degree? You know there was a many years there where. I did, and I tried. Mm, why? Because it was always the norm. It's like this is what you have to do, and and even executives that were, uh, you know, superiors and people I looked up to would say, "Oh, you're doing great. Here's what you should do. You should go back to school and get, you know, at least start with an associate's degree." I, actually, at one point when I was working for FedEx, um, they offered. Uh, a program through uh, through Dowling College, which is now out of business, believe it or not, in, in Long Island, um, where they would, uh, it was like a significantly reduced tuition, and then they had people come on site at FedEx, and I actually started, and I, you know, I had gotten a bunch of credits, and and then just decided, you know, this is just just not for me. But you know, for up until recently, I even had it on my LinkedIn that you know, yeah, you know, I went to Dowling College, which is really just a, a farce. And then I, I was like, you know what, this is, it's not me. It's not who I am. And it, and I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish. So I went completely the opposite direction and just, you know, I got to tell everybody that I don't have a college degree and, you know, look at what I've been able to accomplish without that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you found in the corporate world, it was tough to move up the ranks without it. You know, not necessarily moving up the ranks. I don't think it ever stopped me from getting a job. I just think people always like, you know, if you want to continue to rise up, you know, to get yeah. to those like super senior levels, you know, senior director, VP and above. Yeah, you're going to have to have that because everybody who you're competing against has it. Yeah, but now as a business owner, it really doesn't matter, right? I, I don't, I could <laughs> care less. It absolutely makes no, exactly. di- no difference at all. I mean, again, I don't have the experience to say, well, I went to college and here's what I learned. And I know that that doesn't apply uh, because I, obviously, because I didn't go. But I mean, it, it hasn't hurt me at all. Um, you know, in, in this new world, the funny thing, thing about it is if I had gone to college, it would have been you know, how many years ago, 25 years ago or plus, mm. and everything that I do today didn't even exist back then. So right. does it, would it have really mattered? No. Right. <laughs> it's a great, that's a great, a uh, great way to put it. So like you're, w- w- what are clients three and four look like for, for your agency? I know I, so we, we hear one until you get the, you get the first two, like how do they come? Are they referrals? Does it follow the same? Yeah, trend? so it's, it follows the same trend, but uh, I'll tell you, it wasn't it wasn't clean and simple. I mean, there were a lot mm-hmm. of crappy clients uh, that we took on, and, and basically, if you had money, I would say that was a good client opportunity for us. Um, and even in cases where it wasn't money, like initially, my thought was, and you know, coming from that sort of Instagram influencer into it, I'm like, oh, you know, I I helped a lot of these smaller brands we could be the agency that helps quote unquote emerging brands. But then you quickly realize that emerging equals poor, 
you know, it does, they yeah. have no funding. It's usually, you know, a guy making like leather wallets out of his garage. And the difference between, you know, at the end of the month, he either pays you or he pays a supplier or he pays his mortgage. And mm-hmm. and that was a tough situation mm-hmm. for me to be in a lot of ways, because, you know, I, I think the, the pressure and the expected result is far more than what I think it should be. I then become internally invested in this person's business. Like if this person's business fails, well, it's my fault. I don't want to be in that position, you know? So I, I tried to stay away from that. And then, you know, once we got into this, this resort client and you started to work with a bigger operation and see how you can affect things on a larger scale, you know, at that point, then it made sense for us to, to go after that type of client. So like, what do you do for clients now, you know, without, you know, without Instagram growth, uh, Facebook market, like ad spend and, and generating leads that way? Yeah. So, so um, the other big piece of what we've been able to do over the last 18 months is, um, is add additional services. Uh, you know, a, a client would say, hey, we have to build a, a website. Do you know anyone? And I would say, mm. sure, we can do that. And then I'd figure it out the same way I figured out figured out everything else, um, and you know so we've you know over time, you know not a lot of time but over these last eighteen months we've added a significant number of services you know everything from website you know design and development uh, to reputation management um, we certainly do paid strategy uh, so you know everything and anything that a brand needs um, f- to establish a, a, a good digital footprint we can handle. Um, so it's, we're not just a social agency anymore. I mean, there's clients that we have that we don't even touch their social. Oh, so what do you do for that? Yeah. So website is a, is a big one. Um, Shopify, we do Shopify development. We do WordPress site development, things like that. Cool. So as you're going from like one to two to three, four clients, I imagine in the beginning you probably had under, five people, you know, at one client, you probably had under five people on your team. Yeah. As you, like, what do you, when you got a new clients, like two and three, were you like scrambling to like find new people? How'd you do that? Yeah. It's weird, right? Because being in a management positions in the corporate world, it's, it was very simple for me to say, well, here's the work that we need and here are the bodies and that we need to hire for and sort of create a division of responsibility. That was something that I was good at and I knew how to do very well. And I sucked at it as an entrepreneur, like absolutely terrible. But I I think what, what happens is when you start working with a client and now you're like, Oh, I have to delegate some of these things. You immediately kind of fall into this mindset of, you know, I'm the only one who can do it. Well, I I have to stick mm. with this. Now you can do this. I I hired someone part time who who now is our director of operations full time. But I hired her part time, and I'd have her. You know, I was paying her every week, and she'd say, "You you have to give me work. Like you're not giving me any work to do." And I was like, "Oh well, mm. I still have to figure out what I can give you." And so so that was a real struggle to you know, break through that mindset that I can't do this thing alone and I can't continue to be the guy at, you know, 2.30 in the morning that's like responding to Facebook comments and Facebook messages for clients. So, you know, we started with, you know, one person and then we realized we needed people to, you know, be on the fan engagement team. So now we have an actual, an entire team 
in the Philippines that does all of our fan engagement. So we've got five people. We're adding another person, um, you know, going into the website side. We have, I started, you know, working on a project with one particular person in India. Um, we built a really great relationship. He did good work. He understood what we needed. He sort of had a high, you know, work ethic, high standard. So now he's ha- our head of technical development and he manages our team in India as well. So, I mean, it, that was probably one of the most difficult things uh, for us to do, uh, for me specifically to do, is to identify the fact that I needed to uh, give up some things in order to be able to grow the agency. And, you know, now we're, what, nine people uh, we've got, we're going to be hiring uh, two full-time people this week, um, and then probably another one at the, the, the start of the year. And then you just did it, you just let go like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I had to. It was at the point where there was, you know, sleep, there, there, I was, wasn't getting yeah. sleep, I wasn't, like, <laughs> you know, I, I looked terrible, I couldn't, I wasn't taking care of myself, and um, and I wasn't delivering as as high as I could be, you know, the, the highest standard that I could be for the client. I, I think that's really what hit me when I would look back at some of the work that we produced and said, you know, this is garbage. Like we can do so much better. And what what differentiates us from, you know, any college kid that's offering these services? Not much. So I, I need to fix that. I think that was the turning point for me. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I have an idea. Like, there's websites for this kind of stuff that, that, that I've used. Uh, like, how are you finding uh, these people, these people to hire that that get the job done? And then, how do you train them? How do you onboard? So, for there's a couple different uh, ways here for our fan engagement team. Uh, again, based out of the Philippines, um, we will actually post jobs on. Upwork, um, but it's for a full-time employee. It's not. It's not a mm-hmm. contractor. Uh, we'll go through a pretty extensive interview process, but then when when we find the person that kind of fits the mold of what we're looking for, and we think could be the right person for us, we put them through a uh, a pretty extensive training. So let's say, for example, the client. Um, is a resort and they've get lots of questions about, you know, what time does this part of the resort open? What time is the water park open? What type of food do you have? Do you have vegan options? And there's a lot of information that comes in every single day. We will actually pull about 30 questions, uh, real life questions, and we will give that to them to have test them on how they would answer that. And then we would coach them. And we do that over the course of a couple of weeks until we felt that they were ready for prime time. And, and at that point we would, you know, start to matriculate them into actually responding to clients. Um, all of that communication, if, if they get a, a question that they can't answer, it's handled through Slack. You know, they'll uh, message our director of operations through Slack and either she can answer it um, or she'll send it off to the client to say, hey, this is too specific. But they really have to study the client's website and the client's website needs to be up to date with information because that's really where we're going to pull the majority of the information from. Roger that. What do you think a lot of uh, wannabe entrepreneurs, people who want to take the leap of faith from the corporate world to the world of entrepreneurship. What do you think? What do you think they're missing? Is there anything? You know, I would, I would say that the, I, I don't know what they're missing, but I can tell you what was really helpful for me. Um, and it was planning a runway, like looking at the next you know, 18 months and looking at your expenses because everybody's expenses are different and figuring out 
you know, if I did not pull a salary for the next 18 months, would I be able to survive? And and what does that look like for me? Because most people's fear, I think, comes from the fact that you're giving up something stable, right? As much as you hate your boss and you're, you hate your job and you have no freedom, well, you know what? It's benefits and it's a consistent paycheck and they have a family or, or mortgage or whatever it, it is. And, you know, I, I think if you uh, are able to kind of take out one of the biggest fear uh, components of that, which is what does money look like for me for the next 18 months? Um, I, I think you're you're on your way. And I did that. I mean, I created a spreadsheet and I was like, okay, where can I get enough to cover my expenses? Yeah. How can I reduce my expenses? And I would say, all right, I've got this stock. I've got this 401k. I've got this cash. I can liquidate all that. And I did something interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I actually went and paid six months of bills in advance rather than have even have the money sit in the bank and have them pull it out once a month. I've just wanted, I just not, didn't want to think about personal finances while I was trying to do this because doing this, you know, building the business is enough stress in itself. You don't need to add the stress of worrying about your personal expenses as well. Yeah. Yeah. Pain, pain yourself, man. That's something I, uh, (laughs) something I, I realized, you know, I, I realized like, Oh, Huh? It all goes into the business account and not my personal <laughs> account. Oh, I guess I pay myself zero. Yeah. yeah. What do I do then? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So you got you got to figure that stuff out. But uh, Ryan, what do you? I learned a lot today. I'm sure a lot of people did. This has been like super action packed. What do you do for fun? Uh, you know, I'd like to say I. I mean, I go to Jets games. I'm a huge Jets fan, but that hasn't been fun I as of so recently. Yeah. <laughs> that, that hasn't been fun for about a decade. Um, no. You know, I, 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 I like fitness. Um, I, I started to try to get outdoors more uh, because I spent you know a good portion of my life you know in in an office and in a cube. So I started to do you know some things outside more little to to be a little bit more physical, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would say fun is, uh, has been on hold, but really building the business has been, has been a lot of fun. Yeah. How are you going to grow it from here? Like you just, I mean, just the way it's been going with more referrals. I mean, they're just going to naturally trickle in, right? No, I mean, I, we, we have to get serious, right? Because the, the yeah, plan yeah. is, um, listen, you, you have to begin with the end in mind. So when, when I really sit down and look at, you know, what do I want to accomplish here in the next, you know, three years, I'd like to look at an exit strategy and I'd like to look uh-huh. at an acquisition. So as I think about what moves do I need to make and how do we invest in the company? And, you know, I need to think about, you know, how does the company become more valuable? Right. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. we already run a recurring revenue model, um, which is, you know, ha- usually gets sold at a higher multiple, but what we don't have currently is we don't own any office space. And that might be good. I mean, first uh, renting office space, right? So, you know, ra- I wouldn't go and rent a big office space because I think that's paying somebody else's mortgage. But what I would like to do is to invest in some real estate and have that be our office. Space. Yes. I, I think that's the, the next sort of right transition for us as we continue to grow. But then we also need to add a sales executive that can run sales because technically I'm the salesperson. I'm the one who goes out and sells it. And there's a drawback to that because when I sell it, you know, then the client thinks they're getting a consultant versus an agency. And that is a big distinction for me. And I I don't like the term consultant and I don't want to be viewed as that. Yeah, I've, dude, I, uh, I have the same problem right now. 
right? That's a, and I've explored hiring a salesman as well, but it's, it's not easy. I, I can't figure that one out. Uh, you know, like you, they got to come in and know, like, you know, of course they got to know everything about your business, which, you know, I mean, you, you can, you can do that, but then just, I don't know. I guess it's like just letting, just me having to trust the other person to like pitch it. That I guess that's just something I need to let go of. Something that you were talking about earlier that I just haven't been able to yet. Uh, but that's a big challenge that, I, that we're both going to. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for sure. I mean, I think it's <laughs> it is that whole sort of pitch. I, listen, I'd love I love the thought of sitting back and being told by someone else that we closed the new client and here's the services that we sold versus me being that driving force. Exactly. And, I mean, it just, it has to be that today, but I, I honestly don't think in six months it needs to be that. I mean, you can grow as fast as, as you want to, right? I mean, you, you look at a lot of these companies that do similar things that have, you know, eight and 900 employees and you're like, geez, how they get there so fast. But I think part is that a part of that is just really just knowing that it is possible and kind of breaking down those mental barriers. And, and it sounds sort of corny and cliche, but that really is, I, I think, the big difference between being able to do it um, faster than, than not. I absolutely agree. Ryan, I, I really thank you for pulling back the curtain today. I don't know how often you talk about like the process of, of building and scaling and, and, and hiring and training, but this is, this is what I exactly what I wanted to zero in on today and you delivered. So I, I thank you for that. And I appreciate you. I have one final question. Sure. If you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Uh, I would absolutely teach people um, over the age of 40 how to start and build a business. Excellent. Ryan Sprantz, you are the man. Thank you very much. One more thing. You can find Ryan at Ryan Sprantz on Instagram. Is that correct? Uh, Ryan underscore Sprantz, yes. Ah, okay. And then uh, kaihatsumedia.com. Yep. Uh, is there anywhere else? No, just just those two. I think that that'd be the best way to get a hold of me. And, and I'll encourage your audience. Um, definitely reach out to me on Instagram. I, I love, you know, yeah, giving yeah, advice yeah. and helping people. So uh, absolutely send me a message. Excellent. By the way, it's K-A-I-H-A-T-S-U, kaihatsumedia.com. Ryan, I appreciate you. Thank you, man. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.